Hey, Domestic Don, Josh Landers here. Hope you're having a good week. I'm moving up in the world. I went from the truck to the garage to now recording this at the cozy confines of my dining room table. So things are looking up, but this skylight we have in our dining room is just, it's too bright. I don't know. I don't understand skylights. It's way too bright. So I'm sitting under it, sweaty, even though it's not that hot outside. Uh, but maybe that's just, again, me, the sweatiness of anxiety, the sweatiness of minor depression, which I've been feeling a lot this week for whatever reason. It's almost uh, almost summertime, end of my year for teaching pretty soon, which is uh, I'm ecstatic about, and I, I don't want to go back. So I've been looking for other jobs. I've been just searching the old internet for anything at all uh, that I'm not qualified for to do. Uh, I just got to get out of this. I got to get out of it. Uh, but, you know, it paid the bills. It helped out this year. It was a strange transitional year, moving to a new place and getting used to a new area. So maybe that's part of it. I've been kind of like this all year, on and off, sort of anxious and depressed. But I have that usually. I've had that throughout the course of my probably adult life. Uh, I remember getting my first panic attack when I was probably 35 years old, uh, probably a little younger than that. My son, his 50-year-old birthday party, we went to a nice little river in uh, Northern California and kind of set up uh, tables and chairs and just invited some of his buddies from kindergarten. And that's where I first felt it, just this weird weight on my chest and woo, just kind of everything got a little bit dizzy, vertigo. I had to lay down. I tried to suck down a few beers to help myself uh, calm down a little bit and it worked to a certain extent, but it just felt like a, a strange, uh, uh, fuzzy feeling throughout my entire body and the world didn't look normal for a moment. And that lasted a good hour, hour and a half, you know, the whole palpitating heart, uh, the sweatiness of uh, your entire body, uh, every pore just kind of excreting this sweat. It's not, and it's not even hot. It wasn't a, a hot sweat. It was just kind of almost this cold, nervous sweat. So that didn't feel good. And I remember making fun of people before that. Or not making fun, but just maybe uh, other family members and friends who had uh, panic attacks and had anxiety. And, you know, in my 20s, which I didn't know anything and not many 20-year-olds do. But in my 20s, I was thinking, oh, come on, just get over it. Just get over it. What are you having panic attacks for? And then, of course, I, I got hit with them in, in my 30s. And I was able to curb them uh, without any medication. I self-medicate, obviously, way too much with the, with the booze, so that's probably another issue right there. Uh, but I never really, I never went to the doctor to get uh, self-diagnosed. I just kind of self-diagnosed myself. I started exercising more. That helped quite a bit, and I just started. I stopped thinking so much. Stopped, I guess, the worry of of everyday life. I stopped stopped looking at my bank account. That was the one thing I did. I don't look at my bank account anymore. I put checks in. Uh, when I do get paid for whatever job I'm doing, I put them in. I don't look at it. I barely remember what our password is to our bank. My wife does all that shit. I'm not doing it anymore because I figured out one thing that stresses me out. One of the many things that stresses me out is just money, and looking at that bank account shrink every month and then rise up again on payday and then shrink every month and then rise up and then shrink. I don't like that. It's, it's, it's too much for me. So that's one thing I did to alleviate my stress. And again, exercise. So this week I was feeling a little bit down, a little bit groggy, uh, lethargic, you might say, having a little bit of malaise. And I just, it's hard for me to get up in the morning and write my, my schedule right now is I don't have to go into work until about noon. So I have the mornings off to do this stupid thing and also to go exercise and again to walk the dog and just try to get some other things going outside of a job that pays me poorly. So that's been nice but it's whatever reason when my wife and kids leave to go to school 
I just kind of, it's hard for me to get up. It's been difficult this week. Uh, probably Monday was a holiday, so that was a little bit different. Tuesday, again, maybe the, the stress of the three-day weekend of trying to find things to do every single day. Maybe that's just on my shoulders or my, that it feels like it's on my, on my shoulders of what are we going to do today? What are we doing today? Dad, what are we going to do? Josh, what are we doing? we got to do something. It's a three-day weekend. Uh, so that's probably part of it. Uh, again, end of the school year for me, that's another thing that's probably weighing on my shoulders, just wanting to get out of this. I have one more week and I cannot wait just to get out of this job for a few months and hopefully find another one in the meantime. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's part of it. Probably all, all this stuff just kind of grows uh, on me, uh, like a fine mold on some fancy cheese. I don't know. It's just something that, that I have and I have to deal with. So by Tuesday, getting, a, getting it going a little bit more. Still just kind of uh, didn't do much until work time, until I had to go to work. Uh, Wednesday, I forced myself to get up, go to the gym, uh, do a little cardio at the basketball court, just kind of run back and forth like a 12-year-old in some sort of city league on the courts and shoot basketball and then do some, you know, some squats, some pull-ups, just, you know, kind of get just going. And then I went to the weight room and I did a little bit of weights, but again, still just not feeling great. And it could be just being maybe a sickness going around. My daughter stayed home from school on Tuesday, so that was another part of it. I had to bring her to work with me, uh, even though she was not that sick, like I mentioned in the podcast last time. She was sick enough to stay home. She had a pretty deep cough uh, Monday evening uh, at the end of Memorial Day. She was getting uh, a fever, and she fell asleep taking naps. She doesn't usually do that anymore. That's probably why I didn't do much, because I had her. So again, forcing myself to the gym Monday or Wednesday, that helped. Then again, yesterday, forcing myself to the gym again, even though I was starting to feel a little bit better. You know, laid off the booze for a few days. No beers for a couple of days. That felt good. My body was starting to react. Oh, thank you. Thank you for not damaging yourself anymore or myself anymore. So that was uh, an added part of just getting with it again, getting back together, getting this anxiety and depression off my shoulders. And exercise is probably the biggest thing that helps me and uh, quitting drinking for a little while. That also helps. Uh, but I think exercise is the biggest thing. And I'm the healthy drunk. That's just what I am. Hashtag healthy drunk. And I've always been that way. I never understood alcoholics who don't do anything. Uh, and I've known a few alcoholics in my life. I am probably an alcoholic, or at least definitely a binge drinker. And I can't stop here and there. But I definitely like, I like it. I like the booze. It's hard not to like it. Right? It's one of those drugs that I just I, I enjoy. Pot, not so much. I do it every once in a while. I've been taking some CBD oil, and that yeah, kind of maybe calms me down, helps me fall asleep at night. I tried a CBD gummy for the first time, and that was interesting. I couldn't really tell if it was doing anything because I was uh, drinking at the same time. But I remember going to sleep pretty well that night without any horrific thoughts streaming through my cortex. So maybe that's something I should try a little bit more. Smoking the old ganj, you know, trying to give that a little bit more chance to relax me. But maybe it's just not who I am. I'm just more of a drinker than I am a, a, a drug user. That is my drug of choice is, is the liquor or the beer. Not even so much liquor, just it's more beer than anything else. And the, the problem with beer is you just drink, I just drink too much at a time, right? Uh, so going back to exercise, that helped. And going back to healthy drunk, that's what I consider myself. I can't lay around for long. I have to get up and do something. If I feel like shit, I have to push through it. And once you get those sweats, 
those beer sweats out and once you just kind of smell your own uh disgusted disgusting nature coming out of your body then you're like okay i'm starting to feel better this is a normal day now and that's what exercise does for me so cardio in the morning maybe 30 minutes 40 minutes at the most depending on what kind of cardio i'm doing some kettlebells uh and then i go hit the weight room for about an hour and a half to two hours depending on what parts of the body i'm focusing on that day and that really does make a huge difference in my life and it just makes a huge difference for this like i said this this cloud of anxiety and depression that's always kind of trying to get a hold of me uh, and that's again that's going to be a lifelong thing for me most likely should i go get clinically evaluated most likely but my insurance sucks i don't want to go get clinically evaluated for uh 45 dollars a pay a, a, per visit 45 bucks a copay and for them to say like yeah maybe you should go see someone that's all they're going to tell me go see someone and how much is a psychiatrist 650 dollars an hour i don't know i can't afford that shit. so again self-diagnosing self-helping myself I think is the way to go. Uh, and it's not cold turkey, uh, but it is something that will, again, decreasing the, the, the boozing and decreasing uh, the anxiety that I have about just life in general and work. And, I, and, and I'm sure people who know me, the four people who listen to this who know me, they're like, oh, you're so lucky, Josh. Look at you. You have a beautiful family. You have a, a fairly successful marriage that hasn't ended yet. All right? You have, to, uh, again, two beautiful children that are being raised in somewhat of a right way hopefully it's hard to tell they're not adults yet but we'll see how that goes and uh, we, we have a, a, a decent house in northern california that we're able somehow to buy i don't know how we did that or not buy the bank owns it but at least pay the bank to try to get some sort of mortgage you know i don't own the land i just live on the land that the bank owns but it's more it's better than renting you've always heard right that's better so i have a lot to be thankful for i had a job or i have a job uh again health fairly well Outside of this uh, anxiety and depression, it's, it's it hasn't failed me yet. I still feel pretty good on certain days physically. Uh, I eat well when I do eat. Um, I don't eat a lot, and that's something for later as well to talk about. Uh, that just food in general, I think people eat too much, and I just don't eat enough. And sometimes I do have to force myself to just all right, eat, just eat now. You're hungry, eat, get it over with. Um, yeah, things could be worse, but when people say that. And say, oh, just you know, look, look at the positive, positive things of life. It's hard for me to do that. I'm not a positive person. I never have been. And people who are not positive just don't understand the negative capabilities of people who are on the edge of that negative lifestyle. Just the, just what goes through your head, what runs through your head on a daily basis for negative people. It's, it's tough. It's tough to actually explain. Yeah, I could be more positive. I could be uh, uh, cheery. I could be happy. But I think those are kind of stupid people. Stupid people are always happy. It's like a dog is always happy. Dogs are moronic. I love dogs, but they're stupid as hell. And they get happy over nothing. Babies are happy because they just don't know the world. And I wish I could be like that. I wish I could be happy. And I probably already mentioned this on other, some other random podcast I did uh, a month ago. But I could be happy. I could try. But it's just not, it's not part of my being not part of my being to be positive about things. And maybe that's a quirk that unfortunately people have to live with. And it always annoys me when someone famous does commit suicide 
And we hear about this quite a bit, mostly Hollywood figures, of course. We don't hear about the suicide rates from uh, uh, troops coming home from war with PTSD that often. Or we don't hear about our friends or family or teenagers who are stressed out about school and getting into college. We hear random stories every once in a while. But the stories we hear about suicide are the big ones. You know, Robin Williams, Anthony Bourdain, people who just off themselves at the peak of their career or a, a career that they're still striving at and still actually uh, producing. And those are the ones where people say that, oh, my God, I can't believe why did he commit suicide? He was so rich. He was so famous. They were so popular. Why did they commit suicide? And that's not why they committed suicide. No one really knows exactly why people take their own lives. Right? And you look at them. Yeah, they are rich. They are successful. They had a wild career. And some people that we look up to are like, wow, that's so awesome. I wish I could be. And then you see them off themselves. I think it's just a little jarring for some people. Why? Why did they do it? And again, there is no there are no answers. And again, not to be too depressing on this uh, on this little rant, but that's that's just how I've been feeling. Not suicidal. Don't worry about me. Just a little down. Just a little down in the dumps. And you know, I just came home, still a little sweaty from the uh, sauna after my good workout. So yeah, I still feel I feel good having some tea. Yeah, I'm gonna have some lunch here in a little bit. Take the dog on a walk. Go to work. You know, for a couple hours. Come back home Friday night. I feel all right. Right. It, it, this is suitable. This is something that I can I can go towards. This is something that I can do throughout the weekend. It's going to be a fun weekend. It's going to be a positive weekend. It's going to be a sunny weekend. It's going to be a happy weekend. I'll smile at people. I'll wave at some jackass who cuts me off on the freeway. I won't flip them off. I won't pound my steering wheel and yell racial epithets, no matter what color that person is driving the car. I won't even see who that person is, but just random shit will come out of my mouth. Cuss words, racial stuff. I don't know why. Again, that's the negativity seeping in. Right? That's all the negativity. That's just what I do in my own little confines of the cab of my truck. I like to do that behind my cracked windshield and just let it pour out. And that makes me feel good. But I'll try not to do that. I'll try to be positive. I'll try to have a positive aspect of life. And when I was thinking about just being a little depressed and down, it made me think of Winnie the Pooh. Everybody knows Winnie the Pooh. I don't know how well we know Winnie the Pooh in terms of uh, the story behind it or the psychological like profiling of certain people that the author was trying to do. Who was that? S.E. Hinton? Let me look that up real quick. Who wrote Winnie the Pooh? Internet's so slow. Who wrote... Come on. Not the Bible. Who wrote Winnie... Oh, S.E. Hinton was the Outsiders, wasn't it? A.A. Uh, A. Milne, so another acronym. A.A. A. Milne. Milne? Milne? So whatever that person was trying to do with Winnie the Pooh, uh, I think he was, yeah, I've heard from some academics that the characters in Winnie the Pooh, all the main ones, are like a perfect, yeah, perfect psychological profile of all the temperaments that we have out there. We have Winnie the Pooh, who's sort of lethargic, but kind of say, oh, it's okay, everything's fine, he just wants honey. So again, I'm no psychologist, but he's just maybe kind of a lazy, uh, never do well, not never do well, but the idea of just kind of being, eh, let life pass you by. It's fine. As long as there's a jar of honey, everything's fine. You know, just one of those types of guys, the fat ass, the guy on the couch who's just cool, which is sitting on the couch with a six pack and a football game on. And that's something that would be nice to be. Winnie the Pooh would be a nice guy to be. That's not me. I am not Winnie the Pooh. Then he got Piglet kind of a self-doubting little shit right kind of a little bit always worried maybe a little bit of a worry wart but a good friend 
He likes to listen. If you notice, Piglet is always listening to everybody's problems. He's always there, too. When Pooh has a problem, he gets his fat ass stuck in a tree. You know, Piglet's there to help him out. So Piglet's a good one. Again, a friend. Someone who's uh, nice to be with. But again, a little bit more of self-doubting, possibly, or just scared of certain things. I don't know. I don't think I'm Piglet, either. Who else is there? Tigger. That's your meth head friend. Tigger's just all over the fucking place, right? Tigger's just bouncing all over. He, that's what he does. He bounces. He's your meth head. Your PCP. Your coked up friend. Whatever, whatever, whatever uppers that someone is taking, that is Tigger. That's not me at all. I am definitely not an upper. That's why I don't do a lot of upper drugs. It freaks me out, man. My heart would explode. I'd, I'd, I'd flip the fuck out. I wouldn't eat someone's face like they did in, that guy did in Florida with the bath salts. But I would, I would be the guy running naked down the street thinking bats are chasing me. That would be me. I don't do upper. I can't do uppers. So that's definitely not me. So I'm not Winnie the Pooh. I'm not Piglet. I'm not Tigger. Who else is there? Oh, Owl. Owl, the wise one. Owl is the wise one, but kind of an asshole wise person, right? Owl is that asshole wise person. He's always correcting people. He's always telling when people are doing something wrong. He's always kind of, he's just, he's, yeah, the wise old owl, whatever that means, whatever the fuck that means in children's literature, uh, but kind of a dick. And then, or is it a woman? I think the owl might be a, a, I don't know, whatever, it's still a dick. Then you have Kinga and Roo. I don't know anything about those ones that much. There's there. There's a kangaroo who lives with these other fucking creatures. And what is it? A tiger and a kangaroo live with, well, I guess Winnie the Pooh's a bear. Oh, well, that makes sense. Bear, owl, and a pig in the woods? Oh, none of that shit makes sense. Uh, the one I, I guess the one I associate with most, and I think most represents me as a person, is Eeyore. And he, I love Eeyore. I, I always liked him when I was a kid. I went and took my daughter to see the live version, uh, what, Christopher Plummer or whatever it was called, with uh, uh, Ewan McGregor, I think was in it. Uh, Christopher Robbins, Christopher Plummer, that's an actor. Uh, Christopher Robbins. Uh, so I went, her to, I went to take her that, and it was a cute movie, kind of more live action with, with stuffed animal uh, animals rather than uh, a cartoon or CGI. So that was kind of fun to see. Uh, and then yeah, again, Eeyore, he's always been sort of, okay. Mm, I guess. Oh, well, that's just what happens. So he's kind of like Pooh, that he's just kind of a sit-around guy and doesn't really do shit and just takes things as they go. But Pooh is a positive kind of hold on to your childhood uh, person. Eeyore is just like, fuck it. The world sucks. Let me just float down this river and like, it happened again. Oh, well. And that's the guy I feel like, just the complete negative jackass that's what he is right eeyore is a jackass a slump shouldered always kind of looking at the ground not looking where he's going no i guess i'll go over here today it's not a fun day it's raining again oh well oh well a hail ball just went in my eye oh well that happened that that's that's me that's shit that happens if i get a fucking nail in my foot god damn it yep fuck of course it's me if i step on a bee if I happen to be barefoot or something for a few minutes in a grassy field. Fuck. Yep, that happens to me. Stepping on dog shit. You know what dog shit I've stepped, stepped on in my life? I had a streak for like 10 years. I think every month I would step on dog shit. I don't know how. I didn't have a dog. But I always just step on random dog shit in the park uh, at a field somewhere. Just that was just, that was just my Eeyore. Like, oh, well, yeah, I guess that happens. So it's not fun to be around me when I'm like that. It's not fun to be around me when I'm always constantly negative about things. I know it's not, but I can't stop it. Sometimes I just can't fight the urge for that negativity. So ER, 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 
Eeyore, you're your, you're you're the man. You're my man. All right. So if I'm ever watching Winnie the Pooh, reading Winnie the Pooh, again, I'm that's the person I always associate with. And let's talk about Winnie the Pooh for a second. And not just I'm not going to blame A. L. A. A. Milne for uh, writing Winnie the Pooh. I'm not going to blame children's authors for putting animals and personifying animals into their books. But what I'm getting pissed off at is how all going back to the owl. The wise old owl. Why are owls wise? They're fucking demons. They're demons in the night. They're, they're, you can't even hear them flying. I don't know if you've seen those videos on YouTube of, of just an owl being captured on some night vision camera. You just see two eyes in the distance or two just orbs of light just coming towards, I think it was a raven's nest or a crow's nest. And you see this, like I said, this fucking demon from the nether region just swoop in as silent as can be and bloop pluck up this baby raven it's eating another bird that's cannibalism it's not eating his own owl friends but it's still a bird right aren't they all part of the same species i don't eat chimps i don't eat gorillas i don't think i would like, so it's kind of cannibalistic they're, and they're fucking they're assholes they've got have you seen their talons have these talons or be have you ever seen an owl without feathers like a baby owl they're aliens they're they're alien monsters but we see them in the book as wise the wise old owl no, they're not wise. Then you have bears. Like Winnie the Pooh, he's a different one. But you have bears in all these types of books. They're kind of either the jovial, kind of hoo hoo hoo, fat kind of bear, like in the jungle book. Or they're just they're they're just cute. They're fuzzy. That that Charmin commercial with a bear is it's a cartoon bear basically wiping its ass in the woods and it looks all soft and cuddly and it's a mama bear and a baby bear probably and we have that shit too mama bear baby bear all the time mama bear taking care of baby bear sure but what would happen if a human just walked into that mix what would happen if a human just happened to be strolling down the path hiking on a nice beautiful day up in the sierra nevadas and all of a sudden there's a bear and and her cub in the way crossing the trail what would happen you think that person would be like, oh, hello, friendly bear. You're the nice Charmin bear. You're the nice bear like Winnie the Pooh. No, it would lop your head off with one swipe of its gargantuan paw. Don't fuck with a bear. When I was in Montana with my family last year, we saw a bear come within like 10, 15 feet of us, a black bear. You know how scared we were? We're like, oh, fuck. It's a bear. There's, a, there's other kids crying. My kids handled it pretty well. I just say, stay still, make a lot of noise if it turns this way. And I picked up my daughter. It didn't turn it's, it. This it was going on its merry own way. It was moseying on by. But I think we knew if that bear turns towards us, and there's like 15 of us on this trail that has stopped and like, all right, we got to group up. We're fucked. One of us is going home in a body bag, right? One of us is dead. No, I don't care how strong you are. I don't care how much fucking bug spray. If that bear is going to attack, we're, someone's going down. And it's one of the small people, most likely. Or me, I don't know. But I'm, again, oh no, happened again. A bear just fucking cut my jugular. I'm dead. And now he's eating my corpse. That's what would happen to me. So you got bears. You got owls in these kids' books. You got tigers and shit. You got sharks that are even friendly sometimes. The fucking Nemo shark. Yeah, the Nemo shark was mean for a second, but he turns out nice. Sharks don't have feelings. Have you seen their soulless eyes? Have you seen the intent on their, the, when the eyelid just goes up? from the bottom in some freakish mechanical way when it's attacking something, that's not a, that's not a thing you want to pet. That's not a thing you want to talk to. That's not, a thing, that's not a thing you want to be near, right? That's why people don't go in the ocean. And I spent years and years going to the ocean, surfing, bodyboarding. I never really thought about sharks, but sometimes on those cold winter mornings when you're in your full wetsuit and you're sitting on your board and the, way, the, the ocean is perfectly glassy 
and the waves are rolling in so nice. A nice left coming in from the a nice right coming in from the sandbar. But just every once in a while, and it's there's foggy. If there's fog rolling in, right? It's so beautiful, peaceful, serene. You can hear the seagulls. You can see pelicans in the distance dipping their wings slightly on the surface of the water, and you're just sitting there. But in the back of your brain, you just feel na 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 na, na 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 na, na 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 na. You just feel that. And you're just sitting there, and then once it gets in your brain, you're like, ah, fuck, man. Just get it, get it, catch this wave, get it out of your head. Nothing's going to happen. It's like one out of a million shot. You're more likely for a piano to fall on your head in South Africa, in the middle of the fucking Serengeti, wherever you're at in Africa, right? That's more likely to happen than a shark attack, supposedly. But it's always there. It's, it feels more, more real in those moments. And when a piece of seaweed just brushes against your bare foot, you, you scream. Like a little bitch, right? For just for a moment, you think, I'm, I'm, oh, you think it's something going to pull you down and yank you down from the depths of an unseen ocean. You can't see shit at that time of day. Yeah. You can rarely see shit in the ocean, right? Unless it's a completely clear ocean. You're looking down like, yep, that's a shark. But you're still fucked. If you see that shark, you're still like, yeah, all right, I'm dead probably. And you start paddling slowly away. Not quickly, because that means you look like a fish. So look at all this stuff in nature we have to fear. And again, kids' books. Is there any kids' books out there that are realistic with the animals? I want to do that. I want to write a realistic kids' book. I want to have a series of realistic children's books where I'm depicting nature in its natural form. Having some 12-year-old girl on a hike with her family kind of going off trail with her selfie stick and taking a picture of that mother bear and her cub across the narrow creek. And then maybe the next image in the book or the next page would be her bloody body getting her face eaten by the mother bear with the cub licking the blood coming out from her ear holes. Maybe that'll, that, that'll be good. What about a mountain lion book? Yeah, a mountain lion book would be good too, where those cats will stalk you for hours, unseen sometimes. And even if you do see them, they'll perch themselves on a limb. Then they'll disappear down into the ravine. Then they'll show up again. They're following you. They're constantly monitoring and tracking you. Can we have a story like that? Two happy mountain bikers, a young couple in love, or a brother and sister, whatever it might be, just riding the trail, enjoying nature, looking at the butterflies and the birds and just all the beauty in nature. And then all of a sudden, a mountain lion just attacks them out of nowhere. Some rabid mountain lion that just comes out from the, the unseen, like the, the depths of that ravine, right? From the underbrush. It just, ugh, it just attacks and it just grabs one of them and starts dragging it away by, its, by their skull while they're still alive. And maybe the brother or the sister is trying to hit it with their helmet and maybe they throw a bike at it, but to no avail. That mountain lion is too strong. Even a 75 pound in, infant mountain lion or juvenile could still kill a man that's 180 pounds. And what if it was a mama mountain lion? Then again, we're all, it's, just, it's a screwy world and nature is screwy. Nature is dangerous. So, again, no fault to the children's authors. I understand it. Or the people making kids entertainment. I get it. You got to entertain them. You don't want to scare the shit out of them, right? But you don't want to pick up a cobra. You don't want to go towards a, a, some sort of poisonous snake and think like it's your friend. And I don't want my children to grow up. And I've never told them that. That, oh, yeah, let's go pet that bear. Let's go look at that moose. Oh, because moose are nice. They've never seen Bullwinkle. But, oh, yeah, he's, he was nice. He was jovial. And moose, again, in books, are usually the dumb kind of, hey, how you doing? I read a book called Morris the Moose. 
to my son and I think to my daughter when she was younger and until it fell apart. But it was an old school, probably 1960s book. And Morris was a moron. And Morris the Moose went to school and he learned his ABCs. And he learned his one, two, threes. And that was the voice I used. And he was just a moron. He put on a sweater. It caught on his antlers. All the kids were laughing. Ha ha, Morris, you're our best friend. Morris would kill you. He would gore you with his horns or with his antlers. He would stomp you with his gigantic thousand pound hooves. Right? That thing would kill. Deer. Deer are vicious. You see that? Again, that video of that, that uh, what was it? I think it was a hunter getting his ass kicked by a deer. I mean, the deer was like, Put on boxing gloves. It was giving him the old sort of one, two, 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 jab, 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 cross, jab, jab, hook, jab, jab to the body. It was kicking the shit out of a guy with a gun, with a gun. So I'm not saying to scare your kids, but I'm saying there is something about nature that is awfully scary, beautiful, but you got to be aware. You have to be aware. And when we went to Montana and one of the rangers asked us if we wanted to buy bear spray, we're like, ah, nah, we're good. Maybe we should have. I didn't have anything on me. Now I have a knife that I carry on my hip. What, that, what is that going to do to a bear that is charging? Nothing. But at least it's some sort of line of defense rather than a, a fallen stick or a limb from a, a rotten tree that was eaten by some sort of beetle to death. Right? There's another thing. Yeah, insects. Yeah, they're cute. Watch out for insects. Don't pick up a scorpion. Is that an insect? I think they're... No, maybe they're related. To, I think they are. Are they arachnids? I got to look this up. I used to be so much better with, with animals. But now, you know, my daughter's six. We buy her, or we get from the library. We buy all the books that we get, obviously. A lot of them are depicting nature as calm and beautiful and serene and all the animals are happy and, again, speaking English and personified as something they're not. Panda bears, there's that, there, that's another one. I'm sure they're vicious, even though they, it seems like they sit and eat bamboo all day, which they do. But I'm sure if you came up next to one, it would, it would maul you. It would annihilate you. Lions, same thing. We know about lions, what they can do. Tigers, all that shit, right? All the big cats. So, but we buy, we're, we're starting to rent her out, uh, uh, check out these uh, real books that kind of tell you about the animals with real pictures on there. And it says, oh yeah, they're poisonous. Uh, yes, you have to go to the hospital if you do get stung by one or bitten by one. Yes, uh, they do uh, have killed people. Well, you know, I'm not telling her all these details, gory details, but we gotta know. We gotta know as parents, we gotta know as human beings that these animals are a little bit, they can be dangerous. Right, they can be dangerous. It's like Jesus. I don't know. This is a this is a weird talk I'm giving today. I don't even know how I came up with that. Oh, Winnie the Pooh and depression. Jesus Christ. All right, so I was talking about Eeyore and depression, and now I'm talking about animals and kids' books being way too friendly. I'm all over the place, all, all over the map today. So I apologize for that. But that is something. You know, another thing I found out going back to kids. Ah, take a little sip of tea there. Going back to kids, I've noticed lately too. There's another annoying thing. Another thing that makes me uh, question certain people or just society in general. Now, I've seen a lot lately since it's graduation time. You know, I have to go to a graduation uh, a week from Sunday for the uh, seniors that are moving on. I've gone to college graduations when I've worked at colleges. Before. You know, I've had to do, do these graduations, and those make sense. I guess high school's a, an education, right? I guess high school is something that you should be proud of graduating. I don't know. It seemed like I just skirted my way through with a C average. Uh, but yeah, I guess there's something to move on. You're out of school finally. You get to go to college if you want to. You get to get a job or whatever you're going to do. You get to start life a little bit more as an 18-year-old can do. But what I don't get are the daycare graduations. Have you guys heard about these? There's now daycare graduations. Kids in daycare. 
They're four years old and they're graduating. I've seen pictures on Facebook and news stories of these four, the class of 2019 from daycare. They were born in 2015. But the thing that gets me the most is that they're wearing college caps and gowns and they have their class little a, a sash or whatever they're called over their shoulders that says congratulations or class of 2019. They're four years old. They haven't graduated shit. What do they learn in that four years or two years or however long at daycare? What do they learn? To color by number? That's fine. That's not, a good, that's not gonna get you a job. Do you get a diploma? Do you get a certificate now? I don't know, daycare, daycare graduation. My daughter is about to graduate kindergarten but they're not calling it graduation. I'm not, she's not getting a cap and gown at the school she gets to. They just saw, they call it moving forward, going to first grade. That's fine. And I guess it's a cute little ceremony that I'll be watching next week, but I'll still on the back of my brain. I'm like, really, really? Is she really moving forward? She's six going towards seven next year, going into first grade. Yeah. She's moving to another grade. I don't remember these when I was a kid. I don't think we had, I don't think I went to daycare first off and I don't, did I graduate kindergarten? I think it was just, ah, I'm in first grade now. I remember my sixth grade graduation. I thought it was a big deal. My parents came to watch me graduate, walk down the aisle with my fellow students, with my 30 other students that were also graduating sixth grade, going about to go in seventh grade and have another fucking graduation in two years for your eighth grade graduation, and then wait another four years to have your senior graduation. And then you go to college and you can have your two year degree graduation from a community college that didn't give you much of an education. You just did general ed. And that's something that you're not really going to use ever, except for credits going into a four years. And then you can graduate call. No, 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 it's too much. I went through eighth grade, sixth grade graduation. I'm assuming I went through eighth grade, although I don't, I don't remember it. I know I barely graduated 12th grade because I got in trouble. And that's a whole other story, but I barely graduated. Didn't know if I was going to get my diploma, but I walked anyways with a stupid cap and gown and my white Clark Griswold shoes that I bought at a thrift store because that's just who I was a moron. And also, no, I graduated community college, never went to the graduation. I graduated with a bachelor's, never went to the graduation. And I also have a master's, never went to the graduation. So out of the three biggies, right? The three educations that I should be proud of and supportive of and should alleviate some sort of anxiety and depression with good jobs, which they haven't very much yet, or probably won't at all. But yeah, I should be proud of those. And I am proud of them to a certain extent, but I wasn't proud enough to go walk in a graduation and a ceremony and received my bullshit certificate that I got anyways mailed to me. I don't even know where my diplomas are. That's how important they are. I don't know where they are, where they are. Some people put them on their wall or their office. I don't have an office. This is my office, the dining room table. Tonight, I'll probably be the garage. Next week, it might be the truck again. Where the hell am I going to hang my diploma for my rear view mirror? That's not going to happen. So these are the things that I just don't get a kid who's four doesn't graduate anything. A kid who's six or seven going into first grade doesn't graduate anything either. They just got through, they just got older. That's all they did. They went from diapers to not diapers to learning how to spell a little bit maybe or count and then going on to move, learn other bullshit. That's it. Sixth graders, I don't know. Should they go on to a graduation? But now we have it where middle school starts at sixth grade. So do we have a fifth grade graduation? I, I'm, I'm not up 
I'm not in the loop for that. Uh, eighth grade graduation. Sure, you're going to high school. Maybe that's a big deal. You're transitioning. You're getting hair on your balls. You're getting older. You're going through. You're maturing. You're going through adolescence. You're becoming a human being. Almost. Maybe. High school. Yeah, I kind of see that. College. Sure. What the fuck? You spend $80,000 to get a degree. You might as well be able to pay for your cap and gown and pay for that diploma. Probably now. What, what, do you have to pay like $4.99 to get that diploma actually shipped to you? I'm sure you do. And then you have to order the transcripts when you want a job, depending on what job that is. That's $27. I don't know. Everything is just, everything is something. Everything costs something. So th- this podcast went off the rails 20 minutes ago. And so probably what is it? Shit, 36 minutes ago when I started. So just keep those in mind. Those are the thoughts that I had today. I don't know if they mean anything, but my depression feels better now, right? The workout, spouting off bullshit right now. That helps. That does help me. Talking about animals and kids who are graduating. That helps me. So maybe this is the key. Maybe this is the key to alleviating my anxiety in life and my depression that hovers around me at certain times throughout the days and nights my sleepless nights mostly maybe this will and the cbd i think the cbd is key maybe i'll pop a gummy tonight i think they're orange flavored that's what i'll do i'll pop a gummy tonight try to stay away from the booze and eh, maybe just one beer one beer not two beers two beers and an orange cbd gummy i'll let you guys know how it went all right see you next time have a good weekend be happy enjoy it life is full of dreams and hope let them flourish. All right. See you guys later.